Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is July 20th, 2022, and our first story. Democrats' conspiracy is being exposed. For the past several weeks, we have learned they were secretly funding Trump-supporting candidates, hoping they could beat them in the general election. Dan Cox has won the primary for Maryland governor on the Republican side with $1 million in support coming from Democrats. But the Democrats are simultaneously saying these people are an existential threat. They're lying. It's one big con to steal power. In our next story, Colbert's affiliates and staffer and staffers who aren't being charged even though they broke into the Capitol building, it turns out they caused such a commotion. A Democrat staffer called for emergency assistance, and these people lied about having credentials. The double standard is obvious. And in our last story, Miriam Webster has changed the definition of female. How strange. A young woman claims she's a cat. So let's talk about social contagion and the weird cultures that are emerging around identity issues. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Why, yes, this one is literally a conspiracy, a scheme between Democrats for some harmful purpose. The Democrats are actually spending money to prop up Trump loyalist candidates, something we've known about for several weeks now. And their idea is that if they can fund the people they claim are destroying this country, they will easily defeat them come November. It's insane and it's outright evil. Here's what they're doing. Insider reports that Democrats spent over $1 million to boost Dan Cox, the Trump loyalist and 2020 election denier who just won the GOP primary for Maryland governor. Democrats think with him as the nominee, when it comes to the general election for the gubernatorial race in Maryland, they'll win. Then they go on January on the January 6th committee and say it's people like this that are destroying this country. They are funding it. The Democrats are funding what they claim is destroying this country right there, right in front of you. Insider, businessinsider.com. Fact. So for all the people that have said this, I'll, I'll say it outright. First and foremost, everybody who says Trump and all these people are bad. Fine, fine. Explain why Democrats are funding them. Do you think 
that if Dan Cox loses the gubernatorial race in Maryland, he ceases to exist? No, you have given him substantial power. Now, if you have friends and family who think these people are wrong, at the very least, you can say, "Okay, then why are Democrats funding it? Why are Democrats funding these individuals? Now, I can say this. Previously, I said it backfired. It backfired because they tried propping up a dude in Colorado and he didn't win. So they dump all of this money into a race to get the guy they view as being extremist to win. He doesn't win. All they did was raise his profile and set the tone of conversation in a direction they claim is wrong. Well, now they actually helped get Dan Cox the victory. We will see in the general election if the Democrats plan actually works. And I think the whole thing is just downright dirty. They know they can't win, so they're playing dirty games. They have done polling and they have found that American people don't like MAGA. That's what they believe. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'm willing to bet that because the economy is so bad, because gas prices are so high, that people would vote for a ham sandwich if it had an R next to it, because the Democrats have run this country to the ground. So when they fund the Trump supporting Trump loyalists, claiming it's the end of democracy or whatever, I think people are going to vote for these candidates no matter what. I don't think they care. I think Donald Trump could come out and make his whole speech about shooting someone on Fifth Avenue and people would be like, at this point, if it gets gas prices down, yeah, maybe. It's just so dirty and so filthy. Well, right now we've got polling coming out showing we get it. Joe Biden, nobody likes the guy. His polling is in the gutter. The American people think that he's not paying attention to what he needs to pay attention to. He's giving our oil away. Diesel prices, shortages, it's all bad. And now we've got one individual speaking to CNN saying Joe Biden's going to continually hinder fossil fuels. So when you look at what's happening, even on CNN, Joe Biden is gutting this country. So fund anyone you want. The Democrats could prop up literal ham sandwich and I'm going to vote for it. I'll tell you another reason why. There is nothing that will get me to support any Democrat because they actively have supported sex change operations for children, period. So when a Republican comes out and says we're not for that, but we want to lower taxes, I go, I guess, because what's the alternative? Vote for those people? Never going to happen. I mean, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking about it that way. Like the Republicans could be funding all of those Democrats, I guess, because regular people would say no to it. It's a ridiculous scheme. And I think it's disgusting and it's dirty. But you know what? Fine. Trump supporters are probably cheering now that their guy won thanks to Democrats spending the money to help him out. Let's read the story. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work, but also to watch our new shows. Tales from the Inverted World, a TimCast exclusive with a new hour-long episode, season one, episode three, The House of Seven Ghosts. Shane Cashman went down to Georgia to try and find the lost Confederate gold. What he found was something substantially crazier. Mysteries, UFOs, witches. Someone threatened to kill him. We've made this really great audio-visual experience. The episodes are 40 minutes to an hour long. And if you want to watch the show, check it out at TimCast.com. But you're also going to get access to the TimCast IRL Uncensored After Hours show. You'll be supporting our journalists. And we have dumped PayPal off the site. If you want to be a member, you will now use Parallel Economy. Dan Bongino is affiliated with one of the co-founders of this anti-censorship payment processor. We are putting our money where our mouth is as we expand and build our own streaming video company. In five years, people won't be talking about signing up for Disney Plus. 
They'll be saying, you check out that latest episode of Tales from the Inverted World over at TimCast.com. So good. With your support, we're going to displace the woke companies who hate you. Stop giving your money to people who hate you. To quote Jeremy Boring of The Daily Wire, you can give it to those who are fighting to make that difference. TimCast.com is. We're not perfect. We're certainly opposed to all of that woke garbage. And so check out Tales from the Inverted World, but don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this video if you really want to support us. Here's the story from Business Insider. Democrats spend over $1 million to boost Dan Cox, the Trump loyalist and 2020 election denier who just won the GOP primary for Maryland governor. They say the Democratic Governors Association funneled $1.16 million into TV ads for Cox betting that the far-right candidate would be easier for the state's Democratic candidate to beat, the New York Times reported. In an ad paid for by the DGA, the group calls, calls Cox Trump's hand-picked candidate, says he's 100% pro-life and will protect Second Amendment rights at all costs. Messages that likely resonated with Trump loyalists in the state. Now, the ad tries to feign being negative, but you wouldn't say someone's going to protect 2A in a negative ad. You would say something like he supports, you know, a rescinding gun restrictions, which could lead to more violence or something like that. No, they come out and they're like, he would protect the Second Amendment at all costs. Yeah, that's a pro-Republican ad right there. I like the idea that he would. That'd be great. Hey, Dan, fix this state. We're planning on getting out of here for the most part. In a statement to Insider, a DGA spokesperson said Cox's win reaffirms it was the right choice to run the ads and hold him accountable for his radical MAGA stances. What? That's not what you did. You gave him free money. The Democrats are giving Trump candidates free money. Whatever. And it's, uh, we'll continue to use the same message to defeat Cox and his dangerous agenda in November. The state's outgoing Republican governor, Larry Hogan, has been outspoken about his disdain for Trump. <clears throat> they, yeah and blamed him for what he sees as a sure loss for the Republicans in Maryland. Trump lost Republicans the White House, the House, and the Senate Hogan, a potential 2024 presidential candidate tweeted July 20th. He selfishly colluded with the National Democrats to cost us a governor's seat in Maryland, where I ran 45 points ahead of him. He's fighting for his ego. We're fighting to win. And the fight goes on. 45 points ahead? That doesn't sound right. Spokesperson for Hogan told Baltimore Banner reporter Pamela Wood that Hogan won't be voting for Cox in the general election. The Times reported that Cox also chartered three buses from Maryland to D.C. for the January 6, 2021 Stop the Steal rally, the Times reported. He has also said Biden was installed in the White House and baselessly claimed voter fraud occurred in his home, Frederick County, Maryland, the Times reported. You know, I don't live in Frederick County. Um, I actually live in West Virginia. But we do work out of, and I own property in Maryland, in uh, Washington County. So not that district. Fine. I'd be really interested to see what they what what he had to say about Frederick. I go there to eat like all the time. Frederick is like ten minutes away. Kelly Schultz, the GOP candidate endorsed by Hogan, called out the DGA's funding of Cox earlier this month. The Washington Post reported. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. The math is easy. Spend a million now and save $5 million by not having to face me in the general election, Schultz told the Post. She called Cox a lying conspiracy theorist who is a danger to our party and our state. Yeah, I don't know if I care, Kelly. I don't. I may not agree with, with, with Cox on a lot of issues, but I genuinely don't believe you would do right by this state or by the American people anyway. And you know what that means? I really don't agree with Cox on a lot of the things he said, but I'll take two A. That's it. You come to me with your rhino garbage. You come to me with your Demo- Democrat uniparty garbage. And I'm just going to say, don't know, don't care, not going to vote. You come to me, Dan Cox, and you say, I hey, will protect the Second Amendment. And then a bunch of other things. I'll be like, I'll take what I can get. Granted, I don't vote here. So, you know, it is what it is. Although some, many, my, many of my employees do. We'll see how that plays out. The DGA has used this strategy in other states, too. Darren Bailey, another Trump-backed far-right gubernatorial candidate, secured a spot as Illinois' Republican candidate in June. The DGA ran an ad about Bailey with some of the same talking points as Cox's ad, the Chicago Tribune reported. You know, can I just point out when he says he's pro-life and would defend the Second Amendment? Those are popular positions. You see, the Democrats spend so much time wrapped up in their psycho bubble, they don't realize those are popular. Ah, what's that? I could already hear the left being like, Tim's so wrong. Most Americans are pro-choice. Did you read the polls? Because you're wrong. Most Americans support some restrictions, and their view of pro-choice is not what Democrats are offering. Now, are the Republicans smart enough to play a similar game? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'd, I'd laugh if it happened. I'm not a fan of this dirty politics. Republicans start paying for far left candidates so that, you know, whatever. Maybe they've done something like that in the past. I've not seen it. <clears throat> Jonathan Swan noted this. He's a journalist over at Axios, I believe. Is he? We're going to get the, uh, I guess, I'm pretty sure he's at Axios. The Democratic Governors Association funded Trump ally Dan Cox with ads supporting his candidacy. They succeeded, as they have in other races, helping, helping stop the steel Republicans. Now comes the pivot to Democrats' fall message. These candidates are threats to American democracy. By the transitive property, my friends, Democrats themselves are funding the threat to American democracy. Therefore, they are also a threat to American democracy. Michael Tracy points out, D.C. Dems spent $2 million boosting Maryland GOP governor candidate Dan Cox, a Jan 6 organizer, because they figured it'd be easier to beat. Cox just won the primary. Either way, he'll be hugely elevated in stature, which January 6th obsessed Dems are always telling us is so dangerous. 
If these Democrats really believe their own rhetoric about the calamitous ex- existential threat of January 6th, they would be spending millions of dollars. Would they be spending millions of dollars to elevate GOP candidates whom they claim pose such a profound danger? Almost like they don't believe their own rhetoric. A similar strategy was also executed in Pennsylvania, among other states. Dems spend big money to boost the very insurrectionist Republicans they claim are such scary threats. Something to bear in mind during the next January 6th related meltdown the Dems inevitably contrive. It's quite simple, my friends. At the very least, the bare minimum, if Cox loses in the general, they have still helped him gain tremendous prominence. The Democrats consistently have said they are willing to burn this country down for short-term gains. You know, most people don't actually care about a lot of these issues. Most people don't care about January 6th. Democrat hardcore activists do, and maybe they're hoping they'll light them up and get them to go vote. Maybe. I think regular people aren't paying attention to that stuff, and they're just like, yo, why is gas expensive? But this strategy has failed in the past. The Colorado Sun says why the millions of dollars Democrats spend in Colorado's Republican primaries didn't work. All of the more extreme GOP candidates Democrats wanted to see win on Tuesday lost, most of them by significant margins. So I don't want to say it's backfired just yet. We'll see what happens in the general. I think it's fair to say at this point, this part of it already backfired. They put a bunch of money into the more extreme GOP candidates who lost. So all they did was prop up Trump supporters and give them prominence, give them political influence. That ain't helping you, dude. Those people will use that influence in ways the Democrats don't like. But that's that's the story of Democrats, right? Remember when Harry Reid nuked the filibuster and then all of a sudden Donald Trump got three Supreme Court justices installed and then Roe v. Wade got overturned. Hey, how about that over the span of 10 years? As Democrats talking about doing it with the filibuster, the Republicans licked their lips and slapped their hands together. Looking forward to November when they win and then come January 3rd, steamroll everything. The Democrats can't seem to think long term. Well, here's the reality. From the Daily Caller. New CNN poll might be the most glaring indictment of Biden and Democrats yet. Yeah. Americans questioned President Joe Biden's priorities in new CNN polling released Monday that highlighted widespread displeasure with the direction the country is heading. The latest CNN poll showed that 68% of U.S. adults believed Biden's priorities are wrong and the president hasn't paid enough attention to critical issues facing Americans like the economy and inflation. This is up 10% from November 2021 when the data was tracked according to the poll. Okay, from TimCast.com, soaring diesel prices put pressure on truckers, farmers, consumers. The tight diesel supply could send the average price to $10 per gallon by the end of summer. Do you know what that would mean for the cost of goods? Tripling? What it would mean for your food? What it would mean for even the availability of goods? You're not going to be able to get some things because they won't be able to transport them. Let's put it this way. Maybe, maybe it will just be more expensive food. Okay. But maybe what may happen is the cost of transporting strawberries in the winter exceeds the amount they could reasonably sell them for. And so what happens is you go to the grocery store, there ain't none. You you shouldn't be eating out of season fruits anyway, in my opinion. I'm not a fan of that. Strawberries in the winter, it means they come from very far away. But the truckers are going to be like, look, the cost of gas, how fast we got to get strawberries to the store because they go bad. We're going to sell these things for like 20 bucks a little, a little cart. 
Nobody's going to want to buy that. So we just decided it's not worth it. During the uh, COVID lockdown, there's a barbecue joint not too far away from me. They just stopped selling brisket. I wanted a brisket sandwich. I wanted that slow cooked sweet brisket so good. And I went out and I said, I'll have a brisket, sir. And they said, we don't have any. And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll have the chicken. And I was like, how come no brisket? You're a barbecue, you're barbecue stop. And they said, the cost of beef has gone up so high, we would have to sell it for like 20 or 30 bucks a sandwich in order to make money off it. No one's going to spend that. And we don't want to waste the money on the expensive beef. So we decided not to sell it. And I was like, you ain't wrong about that. Chicken was 10 bucks. I'm not spending 30 bucks on a sandwich. Just go home and make a PBJ or something. So they said, no beef. That's what we may be looking at. Now, I don't know exactly how it'll play out, but this is what we may be looking at. Take a look at this level chart. The cost of diesel fuel on July 19th was 5.52 per gallon, up 68% from just a year ago. The highest recorded average price for a gallon of diesel was $5.81. Round up to 82. June 2022, according to AAA. Quote, people pay less attention to diesel prices because people aren't going to the pump and using it. I mean, we do because we have a truck we use for materials and it's diesel. Says Matt Smith, lead oil uh, analyst at Kipler, a research firm. He told the AP, but diesel has a far more reaching impact and is already having a real big impact across the economy. Unless prices are reduced, high diesel costs could worsen the supply chain and inflation issues the U.S. is seeing. As many trucking companies are declining jobs unless their customers are willing to pay more for the increase in fuel. It breaks my heart because I have to say, no, I can't afford to, or I can, but you're going to have to pay some of my fuel to get me there, said Deb Labrie, a long haul trucker who delivers pharmaceuticals. In order to mitigate high fuel costs, Labrie tries to minimize driving an empty truck between deliveries to customers. If the client cannot pay the higher cost for diesel, she simply turns the job down. There will be more. Logistical shortages, says Phil Verliger, a longtime energy economist. Americans will find more empty shelves and higher prices. Quote, a lot of truckers just won't be able to operate, he said. If you're a farmer, you may have to leave some acres fallow or won't fertilize as much. The macroeconomists don't get this. It's going to come back and haunt us all. Food shortages, fuel shortages, hungry people, a lack of goods, a lack of medicine. When all of that hits and smacks you in the face in the next month or two, I assure you, Dan Cox could he could he could he could take a dump on the stage and then laugh and say, I'll do the economy better. They'd still vote for him. I'm not going to say what Trump said. I'll be a little bit more crude, but you will be hard pressed to find someone who's got a Republican next to their name who could lose. Now, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a psychic. I just believe it's reasonable to suggest that with all the problems we're seeing from the Democratic Party, or I should say those who have power now failing, people are just going to be like, don't know, don't care, Republican. Boom, I'm out. So maybe you get some Republican candidate who gets up on stage the debate and just takes a big old dump on stage in front of everybody and then laughs and says that right there is a better economic plan than my Democratic rival. What's going to happen is, yeah, some people are probably going to be like, yo, I don't want to vote for that guy. And then everyone else walks into the voting booth and says, not the Democrat. And they don't even know anything about the Republican. They will just say, things are really bad under the Democrats. I'm voting Republican. Boom, there it is. And this, this, the point I'm making here is, Democrats think by propping up Dan Cox, it's going to hurt him. No, he's going to, he, he might win by default, 
just because people hate you. Let me drive it home. Talking about the fuel surges, the fuel shortages, the food shortages. And ladies and gentlemen, I give you from the Daily Mail, Biden to warn Congress that if lawmakers don't act on climate change, then he will during Massachusetts trip to highlight the wind industry after Joe Manchin torpedoes his green agenda. Uh oh, Joe Biden to an already crippled fuel economy is saying, I'm going to make it worse. So, yeah, you think people are going to vote for this? Maybe. Maybe people just don't read the news. But maybe enough people don't need to because they will feel it whether they want to or not. They say the ultimatum will come during the president's trip to Massachusetts, where he will visit Brayton Point Power Station, New England's, England's largest coal plant, which is being transformed into a factory producing cables for offshore wind farms. The president will make clear tomorrow that climate change is an existential threat to our nation and to the world. And he will also make clear that since Congress is not going to act on this emergency, then he will. In the coming days, he will continue to announce executive actions that we have developed to combat this emergency. Biden's threat comes after Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia torpedoed the president's green agenda on Capitol Hill when he said he could not support billions of dollars in new climate spending as part of a larger economic package. Well, there you go, baby. Biden has vowed to use executive powers since Manchin, who represents a state with a major coal industry, made his intentions clear. Quote, the climate emergency is not going to happen tomorrow, but we, we still have it on the table. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said at Tuesday's daily press briefing, I don't have a date circled in the calendar, but the president will announce federal funds to help heat ravaged communities in his remarks. He'll announce new initiatives to bolster the domestic offshore wind industry. Last week, Biden said he would start taking executive action on climate issues after the talks between Manchin and Senate, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer came to a standstill. There's a viral uh, post going around where they're like, a wind turbine was damaged and spilled oil all over the place. And everyone was like, what? How did a wind turbine spill oil? And then people are like, dude, they have to lubricate it, man. They've got oil in those things. Now, of course, it takes less oil to spin because it's, it's, it's spinning because of the wind, Right. They still use oil. So maybe it is more energy efficient, producing less emissions. They don't burn the oil. They use it as a lubricant for the most part. But many people were surprised to see it. This is where we're headed, my friends. In this clip from RNC Research, Biden climate advisor Gina McCarthy says Biden will, quote, move forward with every power available to him to get rid of fossil fuels. Okay. Well, We've been over this before. Reasonable estimates suggest that if fossil fuels are ended, you get 60 million deaths overnight or somewhere around that number. I'm not an environmentalist or an energy economist or whatever, but I was reading about it and that's what they expect. If you ended it right now, just outright. And the reason is heat stroke deaths, people's insulin would go bad, power shortages, outages, all of that stuff. Hospitals, very bad. Some have argued that over the span of a few years without oil, you see a billion deaths. And, uh, um, well, Bill Gates is probably happy about that because they're mostly in Africa. Bill Gates has issued statements about how poverty is growing rapidly in Africa, so we need to stop them from having kids. And it's like, wow, you don't like these people because they're poor. And it's kind of a crazy thought. Look, I think overpopulation is an issue. I think expanding population density is an issue. I don't know if I would ever Go so far as to be like in this region of that race. That's kind of like, uh, dude, come on, calm down. I suppose, though, if you're a wealthy elitist 
you probably look at impoverished communities with disdain. Those people don't produce computers for your company. No, I think people are people. So the idea of this culling or whatever among the poor is horrifying. I will say, though, there are many people who point out it is the survival of the fittest. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That just means people in the U.S., I guess. People in Europe. And it means that people in South America, people in Africa, people in parts of the Middle East. Yeah, those people are likely going to die first in the event that there's a major famine. With Ukraine not producing as much food, with Russia not producing as much food, with Russia not getting out fertilizer, that's the direction we're headed in. I don't know what to tell you, man. EU natural gas. Take a look at this one. Usually trading around 25 euros since 2010. It's now at 154 euro. Complete disaster coming in. No matter if Nord Stream 1 comes back online, in my honest opinion. I hope you're ready for what's to come. I don't know how bad it would get. It might not get that bad relative to how we live in America. It may just mean that uh, your gas is really expensive and it sucks for a while. But what I mean is you're not going to starve to death. Some people might. I think most Americans will probably just complain about having expensive gas. That's the reality for America. Europe is probably going to be reeling from this, too. There'll probably be a lot of rioting. But in countries like Turkey and Lebanon and Africa, people, they're going to starve. They're going to starve. Sri Lanka is already imploding. And we're going to see more of that. If Biden brings those policies to the U.S., it's going to be Mad Max. If people can't get food, they'll find food. No one's going to roll over and die. If a man can't feed his child, he's not going to let his child starve. He's going to find food however he has to. So what are the Democrats focused on? Democrats propping up Trump supporting candidates because they know they can't win. But I tell you this. I don't think when someone looks at a MAGA candidate and a Democrat, they think negative things. The Democrats seem to think that by propping up Dan Cox, they're going to get more votes. Like maybe they were like, hey, look, people hated Trump. So we won there. How is that going to matter when Joe Biden has failed this country and Democrats are gutting it? Yeah, it won't. Someone's going to walk over and be like, I don't care what you believe about Trump or 2020. Tell me you'll get the gas prices down. And it'll happen. And here's the best part from Pointer. Most Republicans still falsely believe Trump's stolen election claims. Here are some reasons why. In poll after poll, about 70% of Republicans say they don't think Joe Biden is the legitimate winner of the 2020 election. It's amazing. So they're propping up people that Republicans will vote for anyway. And they're propping up people who represent Trump. When Trump brought us the best numbers of our lives in 2019. It's just downright crazy, if you were to ask me. Now, I don't know uh, if that will translate. In this article at six months old, they say more than 40% of the U.S. do not believe Biden legitimately won. Now, that's crazy. Trump said something around half the country. And it's like, okay, that is around half. I don't know exactly what he said, but 40% just shy of half. That's crazy to me. 
Axios Momentive poll also finds majority of Americans fear repeat of capital attack in next few years. Yeah, but this time it'll be the far left. When Donald Trump wins, you think that the far left is going to sit back and do nothing? They tried storming the White House. There wasn't even an election going on. The Gravel Institute tweeted that they thought what happened on January 6th, in their minds, they thought it was good. The only problem they had with it was it was the wrong people doing it. So Gravel outright advocated for the far left to stage an insurrection. Do you think they will not do that? I mean, they've already done it over and over and over and over again. 2024 comes. Donald Trump is running. He's leading and he wins. The Republicans control everything. The House, the Senate, Supreme Court, and now the presidency. Do you think that Antifa and BLM are just going to sit back and be like, we'll get him next time? Or do you think it will get really bad? The gloves are off now, and it's going to be different. I ask people, why didn't they know about the 529 insurrection? And they, say, they say, I don't know what that is. I say, yeah, why, why is that? Why is it that you don't know that far leftists tore down the barricades of the White House, set fire to St. John's Church, torched a White House guard tower, injured dozens of officers, and forced the president into a bunker? Why didn't you know that? And they go, oh, wow, I had no idea. That excuse is not going to work in 2024. The far left won't care, and the right already knows. So if the far left were to engage in any kind of insurrection, they probably will. Then what? You think the, the media is going to come out and be like, it's the police's fault. How could this have happened again? I mean, they probably will. But the regular, regular Americans are going to be like, nope, nope, not playing it, not playing that game. The Democrats tried claiming that Trump stole the election with the help of Russia. It's quite amazing to say that, right? The Mueller probe proved that uh, Donald Trump didn't collude with them, but they still try and push those insane narratives. Now, I think it's fair to say that Russia did try to interfere in the U.S. election. Sure. But my understanding is uh, from the reports, it was negligible. They barely spent anything and barely did anything. What really made it work for Trump is meme magic. Yes, right. Memes, independent commentary, people like Alex Jones. So they've been purging that. They can't let it happen again. The cat's out of the bag. You can't stop it. You can't. You know, they try to smear me because I am the milk toast moderate. Yet here I am saying, like, there's a reason to vote for Trump. Personally, I like DeSantis substantially better. But Trump is the bull. DeSantis is a leader. Trump is a bull. He's going to storm in, romp about, and just wreak havoc. Good in a lot of ways. I don't know if it's the right thing for this country moving forward. If I could trust that DeSantis would drain the swamp now that Trump has exposed many of the swamp monsters and that he would do right by the culture war and had good foreign policy, I'd say hands down, why vote for anybody else? So we'll see. We will see. These, these woke, uh, cringe and, and establishment Democrats are trying to smear DeSantis as worse than Trump. I'm like, oh, please. Who, some, one, one of these guys wrote an article and he was like, Ron DeSantis is more skillful and articulate than Trump. That makes him more dangerous. All right. The dude's got military experience. The dude has, uh, was, is, he was in Congress, now he's a governor. He helped out Florida's economy. He saved Florida during the lockdowns. Dude has proven he can lead effectively. Now Trump did, did, did great things as well. But yo, come on, man. You know the kind of guy Trump is. They try and tell him like, here's the brief on what's happening. I don't want to hear it. You read it and tell me about it later. And it's like, oh, come on, man. You got to pay attention to this stuff. Now, I will say, I don't know if I trust the media when they write those stories anyway. 
Donald Trump seems to care a whole lot. He seriously does. I think he's a blowhard. I think he's arrogant. And I think the media lied about him left and right. And because they did, I don't trust them anymore. So I'd rather have Trump than Biden, hands down. That was true in 2020. It's true now. And it'll be true when the next election happens. But maybe it won't even be Joe Biden. Who knows? Here's what I think we're going to see. I think Democrats plan to fund Trump Republicans isn't going to do what they think it's going to do. And the Trump Republicans are going to gain prominence and even start winning. Then the Democrats are going to lose and be like, oh, but but the far right. And you're going to be like, I think you overestimated people's issues with the quote unquote far right. And you made it happen. They are hypocrites. They are evil. And their, their schemes are being exposed. A literal conspiracy. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you all then. We're learning more details about Stephen Colbert's crew that illegally entered the Capitol complex and were arrested for it and who will not be charged for committing any crime. It turns out the behavior of the crew was so egregious that it resulted in a Democrat staffer calling for emergency help. And we've got more, too, from this story over at Yahoo News. Colbert Late Show staffers lied about having credentials before arrest, U.S. police chief says. It's fascinating. These individuals who are romping around, screaming, banging on doors, saying weird things, threatening to slide things under doors, no charges. On January 6th, there are people who have been locked up uh, awaiting trial for trespassing. Now, there's that one famous story back from April where a man was acquitted of all charges because he showed the court the police waving him in. He was acquitted. He said, no charges. I said, charges dropped. You're free to go. Sorry about that. Good, sir. Sure. There's another guy who had some trespassing charges and that was upheld. But I think some of the charges were dropped when they were like, yeah, it looks like cops opened the door and waved people in. However, you, bro, like you then went on to like walk over a rope or something or cross the barrier you knew you weren't supposed to be crossing. So it was like a minor, like some of it got uh, uh, dropped. I think what we're going to end up seeing with this Colbert story is I, I don't want to jump the gun. I think we might actually end up seeing this be used as precedent in the trials of many of the J6 defendants. Many of the individuals who entered the Capitol building on January 6, who are bumbling around confused, will probably be able to use this to get off because it will be a crazy trial when, when they all start citing the Colbert crew and then saying our people, like the, the January 6 people, some of them were riding fine. Those guys lock them up, as I've always said. But there are some people who were just walking down the street saw people walking up to the Capitol and the police had opened the doors and were even fanning people in as per that uh, acquittal story that I mentioned. And, and you know what? I, I don't even want to waste words here. Let me just show you to make sure you can see the facts are all here. Take that one, Young Turks. You want to take my videos out of context? Judge issues the first outright acquittal of a defendant charged over the January 6th riot. I think there's good news coming. A lot of people are upset that Colbert's crew did this and got away with it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not the one to be like, no, everyone should be punished banging on the table. Lock them all up. Okay. I think immediately right now, the lawyers for January 6th defendants just for trespassing should immediately start citing this and saying we move for outright dismissal. Now, some of the people did trespass. 
there's a, there's, a, there's a combination of factors here in January 6th that you're not going to get from people like the Young Turks. I like to call them out because I was right. They like, oh, Tim was wrong. No, I was right. I said, how will you charge someone with trespassing if the doors were opened by police and no one told them to leave? Turns out I was correct. A man's already been acquitted. Let's see what happens with the rest of the trials. But there's varying degrees here. There are people who fought their way in fighting with cops, riot, violent, lock them up. And worse than just a regular riot, they were disrupting an official government proceeding that I get. Then you had people who saw the doors were open, but still bypassed barriers or signs. Good reason to believe they knew they were trespassing. There's one guy who's being charged for that still. And then you had what people refer to as the MAGA Mimas, people just walking down the street, saw a group of people walk in a building or cops fanning them in. If they cannot prove the individual broke a barrier, crossed a barrier, or in any way had reason to believe they were trespassing, this should be the catalyst to get them all acquitted. And I think that may be the case. Justthenews.com reports, Stephen Colbert's comedy crew was warned several times it could not trespass on state, cap- uh, on, I'm sorry, on Capitol grounds. And its behavior in a congressional office building during an unauthorized nighttime visit was so boisterous, it caused a Democratic congressman's staff to fear for his safety and call for emergency help, police say. That is way worse than many of the J6 defendants. The description that authorities provided to members of Congress this, this week, loud, banging on doors, talk of a cocaine orgy, and threats to place something under congressmen's doors, is far different than the lighthearted account of first-degree puppetry that CBS television comic offered last month's high-profile arrest of his team. The decision by the Biden Justice Department to decline prosecution of nine Colbert staffers for unlawful entry clearly upset the department, according to an official letter from the department's chief obtained by Just the News. It is unfortunate that despite all the evidence the department presented, including that the group or its leader had been told several times they could not be in the buildings without an escort, that the U.S. Attorney's Office declined to prosecute any members of the group for unlawful entry. All right, we're going to say two things. The first thing is, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. If you want to join us, help change the world and make great content, click members only or click join us, sign up. Ten bucks a month is membership, but we have you know other tiers if you want to just support our work. Proud to announce that we have gotten PayPal off the website. We don't use them anymore. If you're a, pay- a member through PayPal, you're fine. But we are now using Parallel Economy, co-founded by Dan Bongino, associated with Rumble, anti-censorship payment processor, because we want to call, challenge the machine and be able to speak up and call out the lies. We're making shows, Tales from the Inverted World. These episodes are like an hour long. It's crazy. Shane Cashman going down looking for the lost Confederate gold, amazing ghost stories, true crime, all that stuff. Become a member at TimCast.com to help support our work. Uh, I'm going to keep shouting it out because we just launched Parallel Economy. And, um, you know, I think it's I think it's really important. I'm already forgetting the other point I was going to make, but let's read more and then we'll come back to uh, what's going on uh, uh, with censorship. Or I should say, let's just read the news. The decision by the Biden Justice Department to decline prosecution of nine Colbert staffers for unlawful entry clearly upset the department, according to an official letter from the department's chief obtained by the news. So I mentioned that. Great. Now I remember where I was before I did the shout out. This is the reality of law enforcement. I, 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 we, you know that we've been dealing with this here at, uh, at TimCast. We've been dealing with threats, death threats, bomb threats, all of that stuff. Let me tell you about the reality. The reality is when I talk to my lawyer, and I say, what do we do? How do we do it? 
How do we deal with these issues um, when I talk to police? Well, we have to check to see who appointed the official. The U.S. District Attorney, the judges, all of that stuff plays a huge role in whether or not we think we will get justice. So when I talk about civil war and stuff, there's things people don't entirely know, but let's just let's just bring it up here. I'll, I'll mention it now. It probably shouldn't to a certain degree because we have security issues we're trying to deal with and active investigations. But one thing that uh, more than one lawyer tells us is, okay, which you got to you got to consider that you operate of multiple jurisdictions. You know, we've got West Virginia, we've got Maryland, we have a presence in some other states. And then you've got to consider that the crimes can, uh, in each jurisdiction are going to have different outcomes based on who appointed the attorneys in those areas and the voting, uh, the, 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 the voting tendencies of these areas. Uh, this is also true for civil litigation, too. They say, you know, oh, in, in your area, if you file a lawsuit here, the jury is going to be composed of mostly Democrat voters who will probably do X. And the judge was appointed by a Democrat, so they will do X. And it's just like, oh, hold on, hold on. We can't live that way. Isn't there some standard in the law? No, no. The reason why Colbert staffer, staffers and, and associates are not being prosecuted is because the U.S. attorney said they couldn't get a conviction and they're not wrong. A D.C. jury is not going to convict people they like, period, even though they commit crimes, serious ones. January 6th defendants that you'll see. Because the D.C. people are going to be like, we don't like you, you don't live here, and we're going to lock you up. Okay, we can't get fair trials anymore, can we? The people who live in D.C. have such a divergent worldview, there will not be a fair trial. We've already seen this with Chauvin in Minnesota. We knew. The judge said, there's nowhere in the state you can go where people haven't heard the story. Okay, well, if you can't have a fair trial, charges are dismissed. Because it is better that innocent persons go free than the guilt. Uh, I'm sorry. It's better that guilty persons go free than the innocent suffer. That's not the way the world works. Probably not the way the world has worked for a while now. A good lawyer. Actually, you know what? Go watch. Go watch SVU Law and Order. And you will see periodically the, pro the prosecutor will be like, we got judge. We got judge uh, um, Farnsworth. And uh, that means we're going to be really good on these issues. Yeah, that's the reality. Lawyers know the judges and they'll say this judge really hates doing X. And it's like, huh? Does the law say you can't do a thing? Is the judge going to say dismissed or we move forward based on what the law says? Or are they going to be like, meh, I personally don't like you. That's reality. So it's not just about the judge. So the district attorneys too. The U.S. attorneys are the ones who decide to prosecute. And right here, my understanding, I could be wrong, is that it's the same U.S. attorney prosecuting January 6th defendants and Colbert who said, these guys not going to be convicted. These guys, you better believe it. Take a look at this. Colbert Lacho staffers lied about having credentials. I mean, look, you've got people on January 6th who did bad things. I get it. Prosecute them. Lock them up. I don't think those people should be in solitary. And I don't, I don't think there should be cruel, unusual punishment or anything like that. But if you committed a crime, fine. Like, I don't like the people that were riding at the Capitol. And I want to know who the cops were, open the doors, and why. But the Mimas, the people who charge a trespassing just walking in, they're getting the book thrown at them. And all they did, many of these people, they were walking down the street. They saw a crowd of people walking towards the Capitol. The police had opened the doors and even fanned people in. And this guy, this guy, let, let, me, let me pull this guy up right here. This is a... 
U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden issued the verdict from the bench after hearing testimony without a jury in the case of Matthew Martin. Matthew Martin was fanned in by the cops. He had to get arrested and go through this ordeal. It sucks. But I'm glad justice was served, right? This guy didn't pretend to have credentials. This guy didn't scream and bang on doors and try and slip things under doors or, or threaten to and didn't freak out Democrats so that they were like, oh, no, help, help. This guy's coming at me. Now, I, I get it. Many people were scared about the crowd in general. Hard to discern between who was smashing windows and who was just bumbling about. But why do we not have, at the bare minimum, minor charges brought against these individuals for lying about credentials, for causing a ruckus, for defying police orders, and just trespassing? How could you not get a conviction? Scary, isn't it? They wouldn't get a conviction because the people in D.C. would be like, we love our Democrat propagandists. We're not going to convict them. Imagine. I mean, you know, I'll just tell you reality, man. When I talk to lawyers about what's going on, they say when, when it goes to court in West Virginia, the residents of West Virginia will likely just side with you because they share your worldview on things. And when it comes to the crimes in Maryland, you're lucky that you're in a district that is mostly red and wants to secede because that's a potential too. But you may end up with many Democrat voters who are going to say, don't know, don't care. You will not win because we hate you for who you are or who you associate with. This is, this is the reality that's probably been true for a long time. People don't realize. And it's why people can petition for a change of venue when it comes to court cases. But that's just, that's just crazy, isn't it? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. You know, when we were a more cohesive culture, it was less of an issue. Sure, you wouldn't want to be in the city where you're being accused because people have heard rumors. But you go somewhere else where people maybe haven't heard it. And we all have a, you know, we all kind of agree on a lot of these issues. Today, the cultures are so divergent. The left is so cultish. They don't care. I saw some reports that a juror said, maybe, maybe it was from Jack Posobiec, I'm not sure. Fact check me. That a juror in the Steve Bannon case said, I don't care what he has to say. I won't believe him because who he affiliates with. And it's like, dude, how can you be on a jury if you're going to say something like that? That's the reality. Steve Bannon is being tried in Washington, D.C., all Democrats. You think they're going to come out and be like, I'll be fair to this guy. No, they're like, Bannon's a fascist, white supremacist, let him burn. Nah. Let's talk about what reality is. This is a very famous story. 69-year-old woman with cancer. Now, I've criticized giving her two months, considering she's a 69-year-old woman with cancer. But a lot of people, I think, need to hear some of the full context. Law and crime. Law and crime's decently, you know, fairly decent. And this woman, when she was tried, it wasn't just that she walked in. So a correction on, on my past statements. You know, I, I, I did what I should have done a while ago. And I just decided to fact check and dig up older stories, see what would happen. She's on video, uh, according to prosecutors, encouraging people to go in. OK, well, you get criminal charges for that. This is not the same thing as this, this, this other guy, Matthew Martin, who just walked in because the cops fanned him in. But hold on there a minute. Hold on there a minute. Let's get real. Pam Hemphill, she said, you know, people should come down. She reportedly, or at least according to prosecutors, encouraged people to go in the building. 
Uh, Colbert's crew lied about having credentials, were told to leave the building, snuck back in, were banging on doors. Nothing. I have no problem saying this woman did encourage people to come in and she was charged because she encouraged people to trespass. She said, it's your house. You can go in. Okay, she got two months. Colbert's crew got nothing. Let me tell you about the world we are entering. Wake up and smell the coffee. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz slams woke leaders for abdicating their responsibility to fight crime, causing his chain to shutter a string of profitable stores because of assaults on staff. I just I'm just over it. Okay. It is clear now, clear beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond the shadow of a doubt. That while I can outright say Pam Hemphill should not have encouraged people to enter, she told them I'm a journalist, I'm a citizen journalist, I just wanted to film. They say, however, Hemphill did not take refuge and a subsequent video appeared to show her encouraging the crowd to press forward saying, just come on in. It's your house. Whose house does it belong to? You just come in, come on in and have fun. You just come in. It's all you do. This is your house. Okay. She said, you know, I think the prosecutors probably hammed it up, but this is the point. Did this woman, she on camera smashing things, attacking people? No. Apparently they're charging her because she trespassed and encouraged people to do so. What that does show to a court, if I'm to be fair, that people around her knew something was wrong and she was encouraging them to come in anyway, showing that she had some kind of warning something was amiss. But is that it? She gets two months for this? She has cancer? Yeah, come on, man. House arrest for two months or court supervision. Colbert's crew crossing the line in a much more extreme way. Nothing. Nothing. That's it. You know, it's it's just I'm not surprised by any of this. And this is why I tell people you've got to get out of the cities because when you get arrested, you will be tried by a jury, not of your peers. And that's the issue. They will claim it was your peers. They'll say, oh, they're your peers. They're American citizens. And you're like, yo, these people believe Jussie Smollett. They believe they were they believe Jussie Smollett. I'm not I'm not going to those people should not be hearing this out and and sentencing me. These people believe the media's lies about the Covenant Catholic. They believe the media's lies about every single fake news story. So what do you do? Get away from these places. And then what? I mean, we need to be able to go to D.C., the seat of power in this country. But here's the real issue, my friends. Washington, D.C., part of why it was created, a federal jurisdiction unto itself, was because the states didn't like the idea that the federal government would operate in a state. If if D.C. was Maryland, it was part of Maryland and Virginia. If it was just Maryland or Virginia, then the states could exert undue authority on the federal government and put pressure on other states. The federal government would would be operating in Maryland and Maryland would come and say, yeah, we're cutting your water off. And the feds would be like, yo, and they'd say, or you can do this for us. So they don't want that. They needed their own jurisdiction. Here's the problem. The jurisdiction is now 97% Democrat or some ridiculous number. I mean, maybe not, you know, 80% or so. Maybe it's 75. So what does that mean? It means all the people who work and provide services in there will support the Democratic Party. It means the, the law enforcement there who live there likely are Democrats as well. It means their worldview is going to be predicated upon one political party's worldview in the mainstream press. And it means they are going to be completely at odds with more than half of this country. Yo, 
we are now seeing undue influence on the federal government. And where this goes, someplace dark. That's all I can really say, man. Someplace dark. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. It's a scary reality. But it's the reality we live in. I've got some civil issues that we're dealing with. They're not really big deals. Nothing like the death threats or anything. And I'm talking to a lawyer about like, you know, trademark and copyright. And he was like, well, look, the judge in your area was appointed by this, you know, by Biden or by Clinton or whatever. So they're going to side with the mega corporations. You've got to consider a different jurisdiction. And I'm just like, really? Like it's a clear it, it can be clear cut. But the judge is that's reality. And you know what? Lawyers know this and have known this for a long time. That's why they'll ask judges to recuse themselves. It's why they'll try and get certain jurisdictions because a certain judge they might want. That's why they'll try and get a venue in a certain area because they know the jury will be swayed by certain things. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's not fair. It's not justice. Justice would be a logic to the morality and the law. You cannot trespass. Did you trespass? Yes. Okay. Charges. Did you trespass? No. Okay. No charges. Instead, we have faking credentials, breaching a building unlawfully with a warning, no charges. Then we have old woman walks in building and says, come on, guys, go in the building, go in the building. Two months. I don't know, man. I feel like this country is going to be ripped apart because you can't have a two-tiered justice system. People will eventually just snap and say, "Uh uh-uh. If this is how things keep going, eventually people will just view the government as illegitimate. And they'll say, you're not really seeking to prosecute for crimes. You're just attacking innocent people. Eventually, you get to the point, like in that V for, like in v for Vendetta, when the inspector says, eventually someone does something stupid. And it shows the finger man, the cop, shoot a little girl. And then all of the residents come out and just with weapons. And they and he's like, no, no, I'm a, I'm a law officer. Yeah, eventually, you'll get a law officer doing something and people are going to say no. And we're seeing it in cities when Antifa attacks cops and de-arrests people. We're already moving in that direction. The only issue right now is the right isn't doing what Antifa does. But when they start to because of this, then there's going to be two distinct political factions with power in this country. We already can tell that in the U.S. attorney's office in D.C., it's hyper political. We can already see Biden administration is arresting former Trump uh, Trump administration officials. Can I just point that out to you guys? And I hope you're paying attention. The Democrat administration is arresting the Republican administration officials. Okay, that's huge. Do not be the frog in the pot boiling. What else can I say? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Because the world is falling apart. Merriam-Webster expands the definition of female. Ah, they've expanded it. Perhaps they've added some important context that will help me better understand the term. What's that? They didn't? They're making it worse. You mean the dictionary is making it harder to understand the word instead of doing what a dictionary is supposed to do and explain what the word means? Oh, I'm not surprised when you live in a postmodern dystopia. Female is now defined partially as having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. Okay, well, well, hold on. It's not so bad. Perhaps if we understand what male means we can then come to understand what the opposite of that would be, and then we'll know what female means. Okay, well, I guess they didn't include it, but the definition of male to Merriam-Webster is having a gender identity that is the opposite of female. What? That's like 
they might as well say one is, is the opposite of zero or something. I mean, it's not. That light is the opposite of dark. You're not telling me what light is. Define the word right, the opposite of left. That doesn't actually describe anything to me. The purpose of the dictionary is to help me understand the world. All right. You know, this is what's been happening because we live in a post-truth reality. It's funny that so many journalists actually wrote about post-truth for a long time, as if it was the far right that were spreading misinformation. But it's the institutions doing literally the same thing. Here's the reality, my friends. We do live in a post-truth reality. That's it. Merriam-Webster isn't defining the word. Okay, that you can't define something as the opposite of something and that thing is the opposite of the other thing. That doesn't tell me what it is. Are you left handed or right handed? I use my right hand, which is the opposite of my left. What does that mean? Did you ever actually think about the definition of the word right as in your right hand? There's actually a really simple way to define what it means to be right or left. I mean, I'm talking about like your right hand or your left hand, left handed, right handed, your right foot, your left foot. Now think about it for a second. I'm sure many of you actually know how to define it. I decided to look it up because I was like, That's a, it's really interesting. I've never actually tried to define a base concept in that way. How would you do it? It's quite simple because the purpose of a definition is to help you understand a concept. So if you went to someone who did not speak English, you could grab their right hand and say, this is your right hand and your left hand. And they would say as a base concept, these words represent, I get it now, right? Left side, right side. Check this out. Because instead of just saying the right is the opposite of left, Google right here from Oxford says on, toward or relating to the side of the human body or of a thing that is to the east when a person is facing north. Oh, that's really interesting. That actually explains it very well. Quote my right elbow. The word right has a lot of definitions, mind you. But reality is completely breaking down. You can't look in the dictionary and try and figure out what it is. So I don't normally do this. You know, I don't normally do reaction videos. I decided to do some reactions to a couple of videos just to talk about where the future is going. And perhaps it'll give you a laugh because this is not the only story about the reality, about reality collapsing all around us. And it's honestly a simple story. I mean, we understand to a certain degree that Merriam-Webster has been doing weird woke garbage like this, that Dictionary has, uh, Dictionary.com has as well. And they have no real answer for these words other than feels and subjective reality and things that can't be defined. So if you tried explaining to someone what male or female was and they looked it up, you'd be like, this makes no sense. Now, granted, Merriam-Webster does say of relating, of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. In botany, having or, having or producing only pistols or pistol flowers. Okay, so they've only included a B section that makes no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the video you've all been waiting for. The breakdown of reality. This is a video from Libs of TikTok that says, This individual identifies as a cat, and she and her fellow cat friends meow at each other to signal various things. I gotta be honest, I refuse to believe this is real. But part of me, part of me just says, it's probably real, isn't it? Now, I don't think, I don't know. And that's a scary thing. This video is so shockingly absurd and hilariously insane. 
It sounds like someone actually mocking people who think they're cats or have weird ideologies, but it could actually be real. All right. Now, I got to correct libs of TikTok. I'm pretty sure she identifies as a kitten. Okay, not a cat, as a baby cat, because these people are weirdly pedo-ish or whatever you want to call it. Let me play for you this video and then talk about the degradation and collapse of society. And we'll react to this because it's funny. I'll be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. So when words seem too difficult. Okay, so first off, we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention. Meow. Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow. Okay, I got some. I, I already just don't believe it's real. I don't know. You guys believe whatever you want. It gets crazier. Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kitten family. Then the happy or content meow. Meow. I just want to pause real quick. And I want you all to imagine like you're at your friend's house watching movies and, you know, you're watching, I don't know, Iron Man or something. And then he does the thing with the Jericho missiles and the explosions. And then all of a sudden, all the other people in the room go, you'd be like, okay, that's very weird. But it gets crazier. Okay, then one of the most important ones for our kitten family is that I want to go potty meow. Kitten family? Your kitten family? Now all of a sudden, the adult people who are pretending to be cats are children. It took me a really long time to master this meow because it... It needs to be really specific in order for my kittens to understand. Your kittens? In order for your kittens to understand? So you're trying to make some kind of meowish grunt to inform them that you have to go to the bathroom. That's what she said. Okay, there's no way this is real. You see, like, the way she films it? I'm pretty sure this is someone posting a joke on social media because it gets crazier. Okay, this is the most important meow for me, and it's the I need help wiping meow. No, 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 no. There's no way. The I need helping meow? Dude, this adult human female does not need someone to help her wipe, okay? Okay, and last but definitely not least is our in-heat meow, and we use this when we need a little bit more special kitten attention. Kitten attention? Hold on there a minute. Kittens don't go in heat, dude. You know what I mean. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, meow. Dude, come on. I don't believe that's real. All right? I'll put it this way. I understand the possibility that something like this is real, but I just can't believe it. Now, again, I don't normally do reaction videos like this, but I have to talk about this because I don't know if this video is real, okay? Because, like, it's really weird that she's talking about being a kitten who needs attention, which is, like, weirdly pedo-ish. And, like, I don't know why. Why would she need to holler to someone she needs help wiping? Sorry. But I have seen videos that are like this, that are real. And some of these people are just plumb nuts. And why is this happening? Well, Bill Maher kind of, he kind of puts it a a certain way. We've talked about the story before. Bill Maher said, shockingly, 
We're literally experimenting on children. Bill Maher challenges transgender craze. He says, if this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Maher asked. Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. Well, that's it, right? Let's break this down. And then we've got other stuff I, I, I want to point to as well <clears throat> and where all this goes. We got this story from the New York Times. Report reveals sharp rise in transgender young people in the U.S. New estimates based on CDC health surveys point to a stark generational shift in the growth of the transgender population of the United States. There's a few arguments here. One, because of trans acceptance, people who are trans feel comfortable speaking out. And now it appears there's an increase when in reality, it's just people being honest. It's possible. Um, I don't think that's a fair assessment completely. I'm sure that is true to a certain degree. I wouldn't know how to quantify that. That is to say, there's probably a lot of people who are trans who are scared to speak out. And now that there's a movement supporting them, they do. So maybe that's the case. But that wouldn't explain the regional shift. Now, would it? Or I suppose maybe it could. Maybe Ohio is shaming them. But then you see that there is a very, there's a big difference in the young people today. And there are social issues that have resulted in detransitioners. Many people who are, I suppose, there are many people who transitioned, who felt like they were trans, and then later on came to be, well, not trans. They underwent a reverse. They underwent a detransition. That was potentially social contagion. Now, I don't know for sure. I'm not, uh, I, I can't tell you what each individual, we've interviewed uh, some individuals like uh, Helena Kirshner, who was a detransitioner. That suggests to me that there is a big social component to this, which brings me back to our good friend, the cat lady. If this woman said that she was a guy, and she's clearly not a cat, okay, but she's experiencing some kind of identity dysphoria or some kind of social cultural behavior around uh, being a cat. Now, if she was saying that she was a guy, all of a sudden you would have <clears throat> a big wave of people supporting her saying she should undergo surgery and do all of these things. If it's social, right? If it actually is social contagion-esque. Now, with this uh, woman who believes she's a cat, what we are seeing is, well, no one's going to tell her to get surgery to identify as a cat properly. No one's going to tell her to get species-affirming care. See? Let me, let me break it down for people. And I'll, and I'll start by saying this. I know trans people. Uh, they do their thing. I got no issue. Um, I know people who have engaged in body modification. They do their thing. I, I really don't care. But let's talk about the appropriate assessment of what is going on. There are certainly some people who are legitimately transgender. Um, many, in fact, and potentially most of those who uh, experience gender dysphoria. It's a legitimate phenomenon in their mind and a psychological and physical development. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so I'm not going to tell you how or why these things happen. I know it's in the DSM-5, and they call it a mental disorder. Now, would we say this woman has a mental disorder? I don't know. What if she starts, I don't know, splitting her lip? What if she starts fusing her fingers or uh, getting weird nail implants or getting whisker implants? We've seen that happen. Someone like that would be heavily criticized. So, one trans identity when it comes to species is not acceptable and one is and requiring affirmation and, and care. This is an important uh, issue to bring up. 
if we can recognize that people who believe they're trans species and identify as kittens, kittens who need love, which is kind of creepy, well, then we can certainly recognize that not every single person who is transgender is experiencing gender dysphoria and it may actually be social contagion. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying uh, most. I don't know. I'm just saying if you have other kin who think they're dragons, dragons aren't real. If you have people who think they're secretly trapped here from a mythical universe and they're elves, not real. There's no question about it. Someone says, I'm actually a dwarf, you know, wizard, and I'm trapped here. You're going to be like, okay, dude, you're not, okay? You're a human. That's crazy. And we're not going to give you dwarf affirmation surgery. If someone then says, I'm actually a dolphin, we're not going to give you dolphin affirmation surgery because we know. But let's bring it to the human experience. You could come out and say you're transracial and you still aren't getting support from people. They say you're not really of that race or cultural background. So transracial people like Rachel Dolezal have been smeared and slammed and attacked for it. She stands by it. But someone who claims to be the opposite gender, well, now it's downright do not disparage them. Do not criticize them. You're transphobic. You must date them and they must get the surgery. Well, okay. Legitimate question. Why that line? Someone who's biologically male, 100%, functioning organs, everything, secondary sex characteristics. Why do we then say, to, to prevent harm to yourself or suicide, we will give you gender affirmation surgery and hormones. But we don't do the same thing for dysmor uh, body dysmorphia. We actually tell people who are anorexic or bulimic, it's wrong and you need help to correct that. Why don't we affirm the anorexia? Well, because it's bad for you and you could die, right? Okay, I guess. Same thing with bulimia. Same thing with people who eat too much. They have eating disorders, they call it. Why don't we have eating affirmation? Well, we sort of do with the uh, body positivity movement. It's very unhealthy, but we are actually affirming people to be morbidly obese. Well, okay, it's not the same, right? They do get some affirmation, but what about transracial? Taboo. You get my point. Clearly, there is a social contagion element to a lot of this. Now, we know, as Bill Maher pointed out, it is regional, and maybe it's something to do with shame. But let me point to this video right here that I want to play and move on to where I think this is all going. Ah, yes. Young woman, let's hear what you have to say. Look, at this point, we don't need to talk about whether or not an unwanted parasite in the womb of a female is considered a baby or not. It's irrelevant. Let's talk about Darwinism, you know, survival of the fittest. I'm not going to be the one to disprove this theory, right? So if I get knocked up and like, I don't want it, boom, Darwinism, you're gone. I'm the strongest. Survival. <laughs> Take that, beach. It's just called tough love. So uh, obviously I haven't seen the full context of what her video is. Maybe she's joking. Maybe she's not. I don't know. But to the, to the point made, I will address it. She says the baby in the womb is a parasite, tough love, and it needs, to, you know, if it, if it gets removed, boom, Darwinism. Lady, the Darwinism ain't about the baby. It's about you. You're not surviving. This is funny. She goes, I'm strongest. I survive. No, you cease to exist because you have removed your offspring from the gene pool. Get it? Survival of the fittest does not mean that a giant seven foot tall, super ripped adamantium superman. Step into the world of power loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Who can't have kids survives. It means that those who are strong enough to reproduce survive. So in the question, survival of the fittest, madame, you are not the fittest. You have removed your child. And in 20 years, you won't exist. Okay, 30 or 40 years, because she looks like she's in her 20s. The point is, the strongest survive, that means they're children. If you don't have children, your genes die with you. So this is the future. The rise of trans kids and what we've learned from detransitioners means the left is substantially more likely to sterilize or terminate their own children. I know I bring it up quite a bit, but this is the end result. You want to be a cat and whatever and talk about that weird stuff? I suppose so long as you're having kids, this lady's talking about getting rid of them. And with trans surgeries on children, which uh, happens, I don't know what to, to, to the earliest age they've done it. I know like 13-year-old girls have gotten double mastectomies. So how does this all come to be? Let's bring it all together. Cat lady. Uh, if she's real, maybe it's a joke. I don't know. Maybe it's a performance. There are people who do that kind of stuff. You see, back in the day, if you felt like a cat, there was no one for you to talk to. Then the internet came along and you saw forums on Tumblr and people posted on text, I feel like a cat. And they went, me too. Let's meet up and share that. And they build a community. And now a community of transspeciesism emerges. These people then demand resources, access, and civil rights protections, things we wouldn't have seen before. Well, there you go. I mean, it's similar of the gay community. There were people who have probably felt like cats for a long time, and they've never come out and talked about it because they knew that they would be shunned. But now with the internet, anyone of any persuasion can meet anyone else of the same persuasion and form a community around it, even if it's small. This results in people feeling confident to come out and express themselves even if they have strange identities. I don't care if you think you're a cat. With or without the internet, if you come out and told me that you thought you were a dragon or a cat or a wizard or whatever, I'd be like, I don't care, man. I don't care. Here's what I say. I don't care if you're walking down the street juggling bananas. Just don't throw the bananas at people and we're fine. If someone thought they were a cat and ran around, I'd say, I don't care. If someone thought they were a cat and ran around and then tried to bite people, I'd be like, lock that person up. They're dangerous. There is a danger in that thought as well, though, because the end result of all of this is some kind of cultural decay and collapse. No cohesive culture, no cohesive goals, no shared experience results in people just fighting each other, thinking each other's crazy, and then it falls apart. But here's where I think we're going and why I included this woman from Libs of TikTok talking about aborting her baby. Because there may be conflict and strife for now. But if the left is willing to fight tooth and nail to terminate their own bloodline, I shrug and say, guys, in 40 years, there won't be a left of this persuasion because they're eliminating their own offspring. As she put it, survival of the fittest, I guess. Now, I think it sucks. You probably shouldn't do that to your kids. But if they do and they fight for the right and Joe Biden defends it and 
the government says it's allowed, it's like, okay, sterilize yourselves and your children, and the rest of us will just carry on. Because the fittest, they're not getting rid of their own children. Quite literally, any species that would terminate their own children is the opposite of the fittest as per Darwinism. So be it someone who thinks they're a cat and or someone who has surgery that removes their ability to reproduce or someone who terminates their own children. I'm just like the likelihood that you reproduce and share these ideas and ideologies is very little. It's very little. And you know what? I've thought about how, how dark that sounds for a long time, but I just don't care anymore. I'm like, are they going to get mad if I point out they're excising themselves from the gene pool? Probably not. They're proudly doing it. So you, ma'am, you say they're the strongest. You should read what Darwinism means because uh, the Darwin Award is for people who die in dumb ways. But I have to I have to say, if you think you're the fittest, you deserve a Darwin Award for terminating your own genetic line from the gene pool and then thinking that makes you fit. Everyone else, all these conservatives are going to have kids. The future will be conservative because conservative have kids and has ki- uh, conservatives have kids and you don't. Quite simply put, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.